So the bend is approaching and you begin preparing both you and your horse to ride straight and accurately through the turn. However, as you begin to shift your seat bones into position, well, your horse kind of begins sidestepping a little bit. In fact, the further you get through the turn, the further you are actually moving away from the path that you had planned. And if you could imagine your horse was a train and you're supposed to stay on the train tracks through the turn, well, you and your horse have certainly derailed. Guys, this week on Daily Strides, we are going to be chatting about using your weight aids and your seat bones to turn your horse correctly and how you can begin today to start making a difference in how you communicate with your horse. Hi there, my name is Lorna and I'd like to welcome you to the Daily Strides podcast where we create these weekly audio horse riding lessons that you can download and you can listen to while you are riding your horse or on the way to the barn if you want to get a little bit more inspiration. Every single week we take a different topic and of course all the topics are all bundled up then into lovely collections. Um, I felt that the seat aids collection was needing a little bit of love so uh, we are going to of course add this one in there and um, they're all there for our Daily Strides premium members which I'm going to tell you more about at the end of this podcast but yeah we, we start with this Monday lesson it's a general overview of everything and then we work on from there so this week being about controlling your seat what I suggest you do is pop over to 30dayriderfitnesschallenge.com and sign up to take the challenge the free challenge to make sure you're controlling yours to the best of your ability so guys back to this week um as I said, so we're talking about this using our weight aids to be able to kind of control our horse and what happens. Now, you know, when we begin learning to ride, we generally pretty early on in the game learn how important our weight distribution is to our horse's way of going. And not only that, we learn how positioning our seat bones, we can indicate different things to our horse and indicate what the next movement is and what we're looking for our horse to do at any particular time. So we know that it is a really important, a fundamental aspect of communicating with our horses in the saddle. But what we don't really learn a lot of and what isn't maybe thought and there should be more time spent on it is awareness and not only awareness of your seat, but also how the other parts of your body are either directly or indirectly affecting your seat and your weight aids as you're applying them to your horse. There's also not a whole lot of time spent on figuring out how loud or how quiet we can communicate with our horses through our seat or our weight aids. And in fact, most riders seem to take the approach that it's a one size fits all. Um, and they kind of learn how to move their seat in almost this robotic way you know ooh, I'm approaching the corner let's shift into gear so to speak and um, they never really learn how to I suppose feel what is going on underneath them and of course the feel is the key to mastering your weight aids and not only that it's the key to being a good rider so those subtle little shifts and movements that happen when you direct your muscles to move rather than your actual weight or your bones and that's what I want to talk about today and um, it's really really kind of focused little kind of movements micro movements within your core and within your body that will then allow your horse to begin to pick up on this communication that you're trying to get across as you're riding him um, each day in the saddle. So before we can go any further, okay, we need to start talking about how you are carrying yourself in the saddle. So we're all told we have to relax, okay, and we have to relax through our body. And relaxation is good. In fact, it's vital to becoming a good rider. 
but the level of relaxation is also really important to consider and particularly how it actually affects your weight aids and your seat aids when you're riding your horse so a lot of the time we think that when we have to relax we must just kind of let things go and we actually become a little bit too slack okay now the other side of the coin is not relaxing having a little bit more tension that's what's necessary and then we become rigid so if you can imagine people dancing so there's a couple dancing and you'll have the person who's leading and the person who's following now the person who's following has to be relaxed because they have to follow but all that means is that there there's no excess tension in their body they're not kind of rigid they're not slack either all they're doing is looking for cues from their partner and then they are taking responsibility they're responsible to actually respond to those cues in the manner that obviously is agreed on with the dance so that would be the steps of the dance now horse riding is very very similar so following your horse for example it doesn't mean you slouch in the saddle you maybe look like you've had one too many before you get up there. Um, it rather means that you're actually carrying your upper body. So as your hips and your seat, they are able and I suppose willing to then follow your horse, which of course is your responsibility as he crosses the ground. Okay. So if you think about this, your hips and your seat can't possibly be free to perform kind of the full range of motion that your body can if your upper body is slouching or kind of crushing down on top of it. Now, a lot of riders think that they can kind of get around this by doing this whole shoulders back and you'll hear a lot of riding instructors shout shoulders back and all that really does is make the rider rigid which of course is that excess tension so now we've we've kind of we, there's that fine line we have to walk with that correct level of relaxation you don't want it too slack you don't want it too rigid okay but um when you begin to kind of ram your shoulders back that is where you're getting into this excess tension. And when you have that excess tension, you, you just can't follow your horse. You're not able to. You're like a poker. Um, you're not able to move. And not only that, you won't be able to then kind of move your the rest of your body down. Even though it's under your shoulders, remember all your body's connected. And uh, you won't be able to move the rest of your body to follow. So make sure, first and foremost, that when you're on your horse, you are carrying yourself. What does carrying yourself look like? It basically means lifting yourself up through your ribcage. Um, if you can imagine as you're there now, whether you're standing or you're sitting, whatever you're doing, if you're on your horse or if you're just on the ground or in a chair somewhere, lift up through your rib cage. Don't think about your shoulders, just think about your rib cage. And almost like you want to make as much distance as you can between the bottom of your rib cage and your hips, okay? So you want to try and just lift that area around your waist. A little bit more okay without having excess tension there but if you're doing it correctly you actually find you won't have excess tension because it's just a matter of carrying yourself a little bit okay now I want you to feel that when you've done that I bet you didn't ram your shoulders back but I bet you it feels now like your chest is more opened okay that is what really the riding instructor is looking for when they're saying shoulders back. It's, it's more that you're opening your chest, but the reason you're opening your chest is because you're lifting yourself through your rib cage, okay? So once you've got that sorted out, you can then look at now, now you're actually following your horse and then you can start thinking about um, actually positioning your seat and your weight aids to get the turn that you want. So before we do anything, we all know that we have to start 
with the half halt okay so the half halt comes in everywhere i want you to start thinking of your half halt as being these huge big kind of flashing lights that's kind of shout out to your horse okay buddy and um, i want you to put focus all your attention now on my seat okay so what is my what is my seat doing in the saddle that's where I need your attention to be. And when you think about it, that is really what the half halt is. Your half halt is literally getting your horse's attention, bringing his attention back to you so as you can start making any changes that you want to do. But at more than that, your half halt is essentially your seat. A lot of it is controlled through your seat and through your seat bones. So again, if you're not sitting up, if you're not carrying yourself through your body, you are not going to get a good half halt. And if you are not using the half halt, it means that your horse's attention is elsewhere. So regardless of what your weight or your seat bones are doing as you ride into that corner or into that turn, your horse isn't going to be focused on them, okay? So you want your half halt there. Now the other side of that coin is actually asking for the half halt, riding the half halt correctly, and then not following up with any sort of indication to your horse at all as to what you want them to do from your seat bones, okay? So you have to remember that your half halt kind of shines a light on your seat bones. It says, woo over here, buddy. This is where we want you to focus on now because the next thing's going to come from here. But then you have to follow up with that by giving the correct directions through this, through your seat bones, okay? Now, a lot of riders find it a little bit easier to think about what their legs should be doing through a turn rather than what their maybe hips or their seat or their seat bones or their weight should be doing through a turn and it is kind of a good way to start if you're getting a little bit confused so we know that your inside leg should kind of be on the girth or at the girth area your outside leg is going to come back a little bit to control the hind quarters now depending sometimes if your horse is falling out through the shoulder you can use your outside leg a little bit more forward there to help with that as well but um, let's just say for the sake of argument here that um, we're going to use our outside leg back a little bit to help control the hind quarters. Just by putting your legs into that position, you're actually putting your seat bones into a very similar position. So your inside seat bone will very slightly, fractionally, move a little bit more forward and your outside seat bone will just come a little bit back okay and what's great about this is that your seat bones are then mimicking or your hips are now mimicking what your horse's hips are doing okay and that's what you want to do through a bend when you're riding through a bend you want your hips to be very similar to what your horses do now same principle applies with your shoulders you want your shoulders to be also a little bit similar to what your horse's shoulders are doing and often this means that you have to just very very slightly bring your outside shoulder a little bit more forward okay and it's it's a very slight movement it's not a, a big twisty turn but what it does is all these little very very small movements that you're doing in your body make a huge impact on where your weight is and if you don't believe me what I suggest you do is find yourself a chair put your two hands under your seat bones and begin moving and lo and behold you're going to find that all these very small movements are actually what goes together to um to maybe weight your seat bone so we hear about this weighting the seat bone now i do want to talk about that before we leave here quickly so a lot of the time riders think that when they're weighting their seat bone what they do is they begin leaning their upper body to the inside 
And all that is going to make happen is that your weight is going to shoot to the outside of the saddle, okay? So what will happen is your inside is going to collapse, your outside, your seat bones are going to move towards the outside of the saddle. And of course, this is where we get the horse sidestepping a little bit. Because remember, your horse wants to stay balanced. He doesn't want to fall over. So he's always going to try and kind of keep himself underneath you. And um, this is why often riders will say, oh, you know, he doesn't ride straight through the corner. Mm, true, but that's because you're not straight through the corner, okay? So just make sure that you're sitting up, that you're nice and straight, that just as your horse's spine or his back would follow the middle of that path that you've plotted through that corner, your back must stay with his back. It must also stay equal in the center, not leaning one way or the other, and follow that path through the corner that you've uh, already plotted out for you and your horse as you go. Guys, we're going to be talking more about this all this week. We're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about the different muscles that you can use and that you will use. And I do suggest, as I said earlier, sitting on a chair and um, really putting your hands underneath your seat bones and then beginning to just tighten. So even if you kind of tighten your bum muscles and then you tighten maybe your tummy muscles and just feeling that by using and by kind of moving and doing different things with, the, with each different um, group of muscles in your body, how that affects the kind of weight that's sitting on your hands and how it affects how your actual seat bones feel. So you can make your seat bones feel more sharp, you can make them feel more smooth, you can make them feel lighter, you can make them feel heavier without actually ever moving them at all. You can do it all using those muscles in your body. And um, of course they are being moved slightly, but what I'm saying is as opposed to thinking about kind of moving your actual hips, let's bring this conversation back to using your muscles to begin to cause these little kind of differences in your body that will affect how the weight is perceived in the saddle and with your horse underneath you. So as I said, we're going to be doing this every day this week. We're going to be chatting about how to actually turn the horse going through it step by step um, using our, our seat and our weight aids and how maybe sometimes we begin talking gibberish to our horses and then we don't understand why he's not listening, how we have to be consistent through it all the time and that's in walk, trot and canter which we're going to be talking about. And then as I say, we're going to be identifying those different muscles and uh, looking at how you can begin to really, really affect what is going on um, with your body in the saddle and using that to influence your horse. If you want to join us for all this week's lessons, you can pop on over to stridesforsuccess.com forward slash join. And as I mentioned earlier, you will not only get only all this week's lessons, but you'll get all the lessons um, in there in the membership. There's, ooh, I think we're closing in on 600 at this point, um, but they're all in there for you. Have a really, really super week. Keep well, and I'll chat to you soon. Bye. Bye.